A podcast of the cinema. Who are you? I'm Alonzo Duraldi. Who You're... do you even think you are? <laughs> well, that's a whole other story. You're Dave White. Uh, we are film critics. We are uh, married to each other, and this is our show. So it's the day after Dave White's favorite day of the year. The Academy Awards. Yep, my favorite day of the year. Hollywood's most glamorous night. Hollywood's biggest, Hollywood's biggest night. Yeah. You spend all year obsessing. Obsessing. <laughs> I can't even maintain this bit. It's the most wonderful. <laughs> it's the most wonderful day of the world. <laughs> um, we have never I attended. Not, we do, watch from our couch. Yes, we we watch from our uh, couch. We do live close enough that we could hear the jets last night. The top, the top Gun jets flew over our actual apartment. <laughs> yes, building. Sonic boom made it all the way to us. The um. Before we get into this, I have to ask you: Are you all talked out? Me? Yeah. No. You, you've been you've been talking all day on a, every other podcast it's except been this a one. talky day. Well, Christy and I did a live Oscar post mortem this morning. Yeah, and then uh, this week's Max film, which is usually an evening recording, uh, happened in the morning because of some a special, nighttime affair. A nighttime affair. Yeah, after dark. Yeah, uh, we had some special guests whose schedule required that we do it in the a.m. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a little more fried by now than I usually would be, but yeah. no, you have a hundred percent me, <laughs> a face full of this voice. I got, I got, I, yeah, no, I, I like that. Um, yeah, I'm not, ta- I'm not talked out yet, but I'm smelled out. Damn. Yeah. The, they the are, apartment directly beneath us is being uh, renovated for whoever moves in. Renovated next. for the next tenant, and please let them be nice. They have, they have been using um, not the next tenant, the owners of the building. A new. Uh, I'm sorry. What you said? They and I wanted to be clear. We weren't blaming whatever's happening on the next tenants because we no, don't know who they are yet. They haven't been chosen yet. Yes. Yes. They haven't won the the. The lottery of living next to us. They have not received a rose yet. The, yeah, the golden ticket of being our neighbor has not <laughs> yet been handed to them. Um, no, they, the landlord and the worker dudes underneath, yes, are f- refinishing the floors. Mm. And that involves... I walked by a can today that said polyurethane. A on varnish it. that is making me feel like I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It is wafting up into our apartment. And for a few hours yesterday, I thought, "Is there a gas leak? Yeah. Is someone? Is there an open butane thing? Are they going to find us on the sofa with the TV still expired? on? Expired. Yeah. Uh, the the, 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 the the main handyman guy came out to figure out what was going on and he looked for gas leaks and there was nothing and 
And he said, maybe, maybe the floor finishing that they're doing. And I was like, I don't know. And then it subsided this morning and now it's happening again. Cause they put another coat on and mm-hmm. texted the landlord. I was like, please tell me what's going on <laughs> downstairs. She's like, yeah, it's this floor polyurethane coating. Are we already dead? Yeah. And she goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it just, it all, uh, we're fine. It just yes. means the doors and windows are open. And, you know, it's a little chilly outside. <laughs> and so, you know. By our standards. This is a, this is a, an inconvenience of, of, uh, Carol White proportions, really. I feel like Julianne Moore in the drag cleaners right now. Yeah, a little bit. Like, I, my eyes are feeling it, sort of. Yeah. But we've got everything opened up, so we will just, uh, we'll soldier through. It's Hollywood's most varnished nights. Bravely, as we have been. Let's get back to the Academy Awards. Yes. That was a bit of a digression, I understand. So, um, I like the Academy Awards. I know you were goofing at the beginning, but I like them. I don't care about them. You know, you don't set much store by them. We've talked about this all the many years we've done this podcast. Yes. I like watching them. I don't care about them. Meaning that the winners or losers in the moment as I watch the show I'm happy for the winner. Look how happy the winner is. This makes me happy that somebody won a thing that they've wanted to win. I mean, the, anybody who wins wants to win. Oh, sure. Unless they're, you know, like Marlon Brando back in the day or right. uh, uh, Woody Allen back in the day. Um, well, interesting story. You know, we were when Christy and I were talking about this, and I was saying how, you know, Brendan Fraser's win, for example, came with a narrative. You know, he's had these career ups and downs and some personal traumas that he's had to deal with. And and now he's been working again and, you know, ready to take over Hollywood all over again. And that's a story. And voters respond to that. Yeah. And I'm like, did Bill Nye do any campaigning? Probably not. I don't feel like I saw him anywhere giving any interviews, doing any kind of I think he's too, I think he's too cool. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, not only that, he may actively hate this kind of thing. Because (laughs) according to Christie, at the LA Film Critics Dinner, when they showed the clips, where like, you know, they have all the winners are there, and they show the clips of their performances or whatever. Yeah. She said when they showed the clip from Living that he literally like put his hands on his ears and like put his head down, like could not, did not want to see or hear himself projected on the screen. And I get that. I feel, I always feel weird hearing my own voice. You know, coming out of places, but your voice sounds nice and and good, right? But my recorded voice sounds like the way you hear my voice, but it doesn't sound like how I hear my voice. This is this happens to everybody after all this time. (laughs) Of doing this podcast and listening to yourself in the playback, you still don't understand how you sound. No, I'm look. I'm I am comfortable enough with hearing my voice that yeah. I can do all this stuff. Right, but it will. It it never sounds exactly the same. I think mine does. I, I, I don't know. Most I think, people. I think I sound exactly like I sound on this podcast. Most people are hearing themselves through their own skull or whatever, yeah. and so the the way they hear themselves talking is not the way they hear their voice being played back to them. Anyway, so I suspect he did... He I don't know looked, what y'all's problems are. I suspect that Bill Nye lifted not one finger to get this award that he did not particularly care about getting. 
Uh, I assumed which, he was going to win because he's old. Yeah, yeah. well, because yeah. he's, he's great. And he, I would have been very happy to have him win. But he did not provide a narrative. I guess not. But I don't know. I, um... If, 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 if I was sad for anybody last night watching the show, it was Angela Bassett's and, reaction yeah. to not winning because she had practiced clearly as an actor. And if you're not good at this, then you're not very good at acting. True. <laughs> she had practiced a very expressionless, Sort of dignified, dignified smile. But then the camera caught her sort of like looking away a little bit. And I was like, yeah. I mean, it's nice that Jamie Lee Curtis gets something after 50 years sure. of, of, of work. And as a second generation you know, right. performer whose parents So that never was very won. sweet and very, very... Uh, and she gave a great speech. Lovely, but... Yeah. Until y'all do right by Angela Bassett, <laughs> her her moment will come. It, I it, firmly it, believe this. I mean, it better, right? Yeah, it should. Yeah, sooner rather than later. Agreed. Um, because she's one of those women who, even when the material she's in is bad, she's good. Oh yeah, and. The fact that, was she the only black person nominated for anything in the acting category? Uh, uh, no, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Oh, so, oh, yes, of course, Brian Tyree Henry. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, here's, I guess. But you know what, I, would, my, I, I think yeah. I'd also feel bad for Jamie Lee Curtis if Angela Bassett. Right, that was it's, the thing. It, it was, you know, you were you're hoping for the for the Barbara Streisand tie, Catherine Hepburn tie. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, the uh, the thing is that there's so the the, the process of getting even nominated mm -hmm. is the result of huge money machinery. Campaigns, yes, or in the case of Andrea Riceboro, <laughs> targeted word of mouth, targeted you know direct mail, uh, <laughs> door to door knocking, <laughs> and it is, it's this weird thing. Like, all right, every year when uh, L.A. film critics votes, yes, people immediately react by saying. Well, this was snubbed and that was snubbed, suggesting that... We you, all sat in a room. You all sat in a room and came to a consensus, yeah. which is not how it works. Oh, no. Every individual person votes for a thing. Yeah. Votes for a, an award, votes for a person, votes for a film. Then the numbers are tallied, right? So what it's going to have to come down to with the Academy Awards is... A level of annual shaming <laughs> right around the time of nominations where people say, remember, what if you didn't nominate all white people for this thing? What if you, the individual voter, the individual person who is, you know, voting for the nominees, what if you didn't vote for 
just white people. Because it's, again, not like the Academy members all come together no. and, and make a consensus. And not like there aren't but, plenty of great performances to choose from that's every That's where I was going next with this, because let's be real. Any good performance, and sometimes any bad performance, by any actor could be nominated. In fact, some bad performances have been nominated, and then they win. <laughs> Also true. This is a historical fact. <laughs> now, last night was obviously a historic night for Asian actors. Yes. And that's wonderful. Yeah. But I swear, it's like the white people said, like, okay, well, <laughs> we're going to nominate all these Asian people. So I'm sorry, black people, you just wait until next year. Yeah, who knows? Like, I, I, I don't understand well, what's happening <laughs> in the world sometimes. Yes, but but also, that is also, that's like the snubbing thing. Right. They aren't sitting there making that decision I know. either. It's just I how know. it turns out. I know. But how it turns out <laughs> is racist. Yeah, pretty much. Last night's winners, notwithstanding, how it turns out is racist. And and yet, you would be amazed at the number of Oscar pundits, Oscar-winning filmmakers yes. I have seen today blathering about wokeness. Well, those are stupid people. Yes. Anybody you would care to name by name? Uh, Paul Schrader. Well, he's a cranky old crank. He of a man. has turned into quite the grandpa about this stuff, and I wish he'd stop it. Uh, someday I'm going to be a grandpa aged person too. God smite me <laughs> if I start to behave this way. Yeah. Because it blows my mind when I hear nonsense like, coming, Schrader, out of, coming out of people's mouths. He is a, he is a talented filmmaker. And I'm I a mean, person who says a lot of nonsense. I'm things. not even talking about like Oscar pundits whose name I'm not even going to mention, but Paul Schrader like is better than this and needs to stop behaving. I don't know this that way. he is. He's, he's a not. better filmmaker, I guess, than than many other filmmakers. I guess I you give artists the benefit but of the he doubt. Is, but yeah, they're not always great human. He beings. is an unhinged human being when it comes to shooting off his mouth in public. Yeah. I wish he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I too wish he would not. Uh, I was. Look, I, I never expect that the movie that I like the most is going to do well at the Oscars. Well, yeah, that's not... I mean, oh, you mean of the nominated films? Uh, well, of the nominated films, or in, I mean, look... Look, in general, in general, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but look, yeah. my number one movie last year was RRR, which did win its one nominations. I was thrilled about that. Yes. And my number two, a very close number two, was Everything Everywhere. And that movie... Like did a had a Ben Hur Titanic level of stomping last night, right? Where only two other movies won more than one award. Yeah, you know where like A twenty four has now become the first studio to win all six major prizes in one night because the whale was theirs too. Yeah, um, you know, there's only like. Two previous Best Picture winners that won three acting nods. There's only two previous Best Picture winners that won both supporting actor and supporting actress. Like right. all these, all these firsts. It's astonishing. And again, this is a movie that that opened like pretty much a year ago to the day. Yes. Premiered at South by Southwest, and people immediately were into it. But I don't think anybody was thinking, "Oh, this is this is an Oscar movie." Right. Right. And I right. think that I hope that this means between this and Parasite and some other choices of the last years 
that we get to finally redefine what an Oscar movie is. Yes. Because I think if, like, if All Quiet on the Western Front yes. had won, yes. whether you like that movie or not, it definitely fits into the category. It would have the, been an old school choice. Yes. Yes. Prestige. Yeah. Capital I importance, yes. you know, all that stuff. And this movie is just like, you put it up next to pretty much anything else that's won in this category, it is banana pants. Yeah, now my, my, my distaste for the treatment of black actors and black creative uh, 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 people in the, in the, behind the camera, uh-huh. uh, notwithstanding, I am very happy uh, for Everything Everywhere's, you know, wins and success and all that stuff. Like, that is very important. Yeah. In terms of what this, you know, award ceremony... What this body is going to recognize. ...means, uh, you know, as a cultural footprint. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Having said all that, I am also pro the songwriter woman Thames and her gown. Oh. I, I, I believe that if you have written an Academy Award nominated song, you can wear whatever you want. And if someone is sitting behind you, so sorry to that person. Because <laughs> Here, here's my question. The year that Cher mm-hmm. wore the super tall sure. giant headdress... Who sat, who sat behind Cher? She did not wear that in the audience, though. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure about this? I am 98% positive. <laughs> because? because? Because you'll notice on this show, <laughs> women will have one outfit for the red carpet. Yes. Another one for being in the theater. Oh, really? Oh, yes. I'm not not all of them, but some of them, yeah. Okay. So they can sit down. I think they sometimes you do the red carpet and <laughs> dress you can't sit down. And, and then a third outfit for the Vanity Fair party. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say Thames I'm, is... Is a good argument for having the Oscars in a venue with stadium seating. <laughs> I um, I didn't even know her name until last night. Uh, now I'm a fan. I, Cause, it, listen, don't wear it to the Grove. Bring, bring a, bring a, bring, bring something that's going to get you noticed. <laughs> and she did. So well, that's true. Mission accomplished. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I am Cheer, three cheers. <laughs> I am very, very happy for Sarah Polly. Uh, I think she's also who wore a cool outfit. Who wore a cool outfit last night? Uh, the Times said she had the best tux of the evening, and I yep. inclined to agree. Although yep. I really like Jonathan Majors's. What did she say? Uh, she didn't want to. She wanted to be able to. Oh, she goes. She goes. I. I, I, I didn't uh, want to be cold, and I didn't want my feet, feet to, to hurt. hurt. Yeah. yeah, those are the reasons. Boom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So also, she's from Canada. She, <laughs> she can do what she wants. She can handle. She can handle LA far, cold. far cold, colder temperatures. Than this this. Is her, yeah. yeah. She she famously endured the set of you know the Adventures of Baron Munchausen. That so, is correct. You know, yeah. She she can handle all of it. Um, yeah. No, I was thrilled for her. I love that movie. I, I think she's great. Again, read her book. My um, favorite screenshot of the night is the um, the makeup people. <laughs> Getting the oh, award. And the big photo. And of, the big photo of Brendan Fraser, like, shirtless on a, with his walker. Yeah. And it's like this, like, you know, gigantic... Torso. La- latex suit that he's got on. But it's like, 
hovering above them as they're accepting their award. In their tuxes and gowns. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> How about no more fat suits? Oh, no more fat suits. I appreciate and the technical skill that it took sure. to make that thing, but what if we never did it again? How about oh, we never make one of those again? I would also love it if we stop giving uh, straight actors awards for playing gay guys who die. I, uh, think, I think we've really gone yeah, to that well mm-hmm, plenty of times I by now. It's, yeah. it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> I made a really good carbonara you last did. night. Um, it had some applewood smoked bacon mm-hmm. in it. Um, it uh, had, I did not skimp on the cream. Oh no. Or the garlic, like I doubled up that garlic. You got that got schmancy the, pasta. Got the fancy cascatelli pasta mm-hmm. for it. We were good. We were uh, we were living it up yeah. with the carbonara. Take that governor's ball. We ate it on the uh, at the table. Mm-hmm. No one was allowed to eat on the couch. Heavens no. I deserve an Academy Award <laughs> for carbonara. <laughs> A new category. This A new year. category, just for me, <laughs> and whatever I happen to make. Was little. Was little. Five-inch tall plastic Oscars that you buy at the tourist shops on <laughs> that, Hollywood that don't Boulevard. even look like them. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> it's just like go. some gold. Somebody holding a laurel. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> uh, we have not seen Navalny, and it's on HBO Max. So uh, sure. Yeah, I, 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 can I be honest here? Until yesterday morning, You'd never heard of it. I don't think I'd ever even heard of it. Um, yeah, it, it's, I, I knew about it, uh, but I have, I did not manage to get to see it. I was not super on the beam this year with like foreign films and docs, let alone right. shorts. I mean, heck. Other than the fact that we see so many international, so many, uh, examples of international cinema throughout the year and none of them ever wind <laughs> up being nominated for anything by anybody. Right. Even though they're amazing films. Yes. Well, that's uh, their home country gets to, yeah. Yes. I mean, heck we had not seen living or to Leslie until uh, two weeks ago until after the nominations right. came out. So, right. yeah. Um, one final thing before we start talking about this week's films. Okay. I am so happy. Uh, for Michelle Yeoh. Yes. <laughs> and uh, even even more than that, because she doesn't need me to be happy for her. <laughs> there are so many people in the United States for whom everything, everywhere, all at once was the very first time they've ever seen her. Yeah. And I... Because Crouching Tiger is like, what, 22, 23 years ago now. Yeah. And... She wasn't nominated for that. She was not, but I'm just saying that that was her biggest American movie before now. Right. And and so folks get to go find out who she is and watch all the real cool movies that uh, she's been in over I, the years. And I would say get started over at Criterion Channel. They're running like eight of her films under the header Michelle Yeoh kicks ass. Uh, she she wasn't a Bond movie, so I suppose maybe people might know. Oh wait, which one? Which Bond movie was she in? I one of the Brosnans. I want to say. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, if, if, check out Criterion. Uh, they, you know, if you've never seen Heroic Trio or Police Story Three, like you're in for a treat. 
Super cop. Yes. <laughs> she is the super cop. Yes. Sorry, Jackie Chan. <laughs> you cast Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> so, um, we do have the current cinema to discuss. We do. But before that, we should talk about a film from 2018. Okay. Oh, well, which is the current cinema in the United States. It, is, it counts as current cinema in the United States. It sat on the shelf so long that the filmmaker put out a whole other movie yeah. in the meantime. So, at least one in the U.S. Uh, it's called Fugue. Yes. F-U-G-U-E. Mm -hmm. It's a Polish movie. Yes. It's from Agnieszka Smosinska. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, wow, I almost got that name right. She made The Lure in 2015... Uh, and then last year, Focus released in the United States her film, The Silent Twins. Yes. Uh, uh, which, which starred uh, Letitia Wright. Wright. But somehow in the middle of all this, her 2018 film, Fugue. Which premiered at Cannes. It went to Cannes. And then it didn't, went to European release. Yeah, it didn't come to here. And it never got released here. But then just finally now, someone decided, oh, we're going to distribute this yeah, film in the, the United States. The catalog picked it up. The catalog, yes. And uh, it is currently playing in New York and Los Angeles. And I I would encourage... Yes. Anybody who is uh, uh, interested in what we're about to lay down here for you, uh, go see it. Yeah. And obviously, if you don't have an art house or if you have an art house that doesn't go deep, uh, you'll have to wait for a Blu-ray or streaming. But now that it's got a U.S. release, it'll probably... Those things are pending. Those things are probably pending for U.S. audiences. Yeah. Uh, why don't you talk about what happens? Sure. So the film stars Gabriella Muscala, who also wrote the film. She wrote it, yep. Um, when we meet her, she is a woman who does not remember who she is. Uh, in fact, the, the, the opening shots of the film are her emerging out of the darkness in a railway tunnel, kind of staggering into a station yeah. and sort of horrifying the people around her. By peeing everywhere. <laughs> yes. But she's wearing like heels and a skirt. So, yeah, she's you know. doing it all in heels, which yeah. is, you're, you're watching her going... I'm sorry, what's ha what's happening? Who are you? What's going You're on? You're climbing out of a railway pit in heels. That's, I'm impressed. <laughs> anyway, so she, she attacks a police officer. She is informed that she's going to be put in jail unless she agrees to go on this TV show that reunites uh, families with their loved ones. And so she goes on the show and immediately is recognized. You're not Alicia. You are Kinga. And you have a wife and a son. And we've been we've been looking for you for, was it seven years? Two years? Two years. Two years. And she's like, the damn I am, yeah. Kinga. I'm she's Alicia. Got, I, don't, I don't know who you are. My name is know, not Susan. I don't know who you think I am. <laughs> but she goes with this family. And suddenly, like, she has this husband and small son. And the son is like, who's... The son is... There's a little kid. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know who this is. Yeah, she's yeah. freaking me out. Um and, and, you know, uh, Alicia slash Kinga seems quite hostile to the situation at the beginning. To the situation and to every person and, yeah, that every, comes near who, her. Who encounters her, yeah. exactly. But then she, you know, starts, you can tell she's, some memories are coming back. Right, and, and right. And she has, she's building some level of affection with 
her son and her husband. Um, and then, of course, that all leads us to the other mystery of, well, then what happened, what happened to and why you it, and yeah. why? Yeah. And that's kind of where it goes, and I don't want to give away too much, but um, as a... It's, I mean, you know, it's not a POV drama the way, like, you know, The Lady in the Lake is, where you of never course. see the protagonist because it's all the camera. Right. But the whole movie is her and her point of view, every conversation that's happening in front of her. We don't ever, I don't think we ever see characters talking about her in her absence. Uh, and so it's, you know, she is trying to sort of wrap her head around what is this situation? Was I ever here? If I was here, what made me leave it? Right as these memories all begin to start clicking into place. Um, And that central performance is just riveting. I mean, she's captivating. She is giving you so much like just kind of rage. And then you start to see that this, this character beginning to piece back together her life. Um, and, And it's very uncompromising in terms of, it's not like the movie is always necessarily on her side. No. Because she's really mean. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was, I was just like, I don't know where we're going with this, right. but I need to know. Right. And, and so, yeah, yeah, it really sucked me in. Uh, yeah, it's a mystery, and like you said, you know, by the end of the film, you've they have explained the mystery. Yeah. Um. But there is still a mystery. Sure. At the end of the film. And it is, and I said this last week when we were on KCRW, what remains unknowable inside a person yeah. that they don't understand about themselves, that other people can't figure out, you know, and if the person could figure it out about themselves, would they still want to share it with you? Um, there's a sense with me from watching it that by the end of the film she does she does know more yeah than she wants to talk about and yet she's going to do what she's going to do right at the end of the film um it's a it is a literally chilly film yeah well you know it's set in Poland during the winter yeah and so the the but even if it were in the summer, it would be an atmospherically yes. chilly experience. But on top of it, it's one of those movies where nobody ever quite looks warm enough. Yeah, it's very somber. Uh, and this is, you know, I think this is. It, it, it is never histrionic. No, it is always very low key. Yeah, very somber, uh, very subdued, and and that fits the the theme because what we have here is a film about domestic discontent and the refusal of a person to take the role that everyone expects them to to do, you know, for the people around them. To perform, yeah. Even if it's not for themselves, you you have an obligation, right. you know. Um, and everyone is telling you that you have this obligation and you are saying, yeah, but what if I don't feel like it? You know? Because something's happened oh, yeah. to this person and... You know, we don't know what. Yeah, she's yeah. got to piece all that together for herself and for us. I think this movie's really cool. Uh, I recommend it. Yes. It's called Fugue. Uh, 
There are other films that have been made in the past few years also called Fugue. So, you know, let the right one in when you <laughs> find a way for it to be streamed for you or, right. or DVD'd for you or if you are in the, a place that has a theater that you can go to. Yeah. Uh, it's the one from 2018. It's the one from 2018. It's from Poland. Yes. Yeah. We also saw Scream 6. Yes, we did. And I am... I, I, I'm, I'm making this line in the sand right now. Mm-hmm. I am, until I get my hips replaced, mm-hmm. I'm done with these nighttime press screenings. Ah. They are an ordeal for me, physically. Like, they require so much energy that by dinner time, I've, I don't have it <laughs> in me anymore. That's why when you were telling me today, they're like, well, we could go see, I don't even know what it was, something at 6 p.m. next week. I can't remember what press screening you were pitching to me. And I was like, you go and have a good time. Because by 6 o'clock, Papa's legs are not happening. These hips are not made for walking at the moment. They are made for getting removed. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sorry that it was... Physically taxing, but what did you think of the movie? Uh, well, okay, here's what happens in Scream 6. A new ghost face is here in New York City. Yeah. New York City? Stay. <laughs> Alonzo just made a reference to a, a <laughs> salsa commercial <laughs> from the 90s. I just need that explained right now. Uh, you don't even have to explain the no, commercial, no. but... every I think time more people know it than you Every can. time you say that that way, I think... Fewer and fewer people are going to know what you're talking about. Wait till I try out my vaudeville material. Yeah. Um, all right. So it's the 90s. Ghostface is in... Uh, no, it's not the 90s. It's yeah. the 2023s. Yes. Ghostface is in New York City. It's a new Ghostface. Yes. Because they keep uh, killing all the old ones. They keep killing all the old Ghostfaces. And, you know, the Ghostface uh, family needs to keep it together and keep stabbing. Got a bunch of new people, new victims. <laughs> Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera. Thank you. Uh, are she, back. She was. They are back from the last film. The sisters. Yes, along with the twins, who are played by uh, Mason Gooding and Jasmine Savoy Brown, who's one of my new favorites. Between, she's cool. Between these movies and yeah. Yellow Jackets, I just think she's awesome. She's great on Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I love that show. Um, and you know, the, 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 the young people have to find out who the ghost face is. Yes. While he takes Manhattan. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's none of that. None of what we just said is even a spoiler because these films are kind of the only spoiler is the whodunit that you could. Yeah. And that's why as much as I enjoy, uh, the scream movies and I have seen all of them, Mm -hmm. After the first one, uh, none of them have been scary for me. Once you set up your template and you have aspirations to being a franchise, because if you if you go into if you go to part two, if you uh, consent to becoming a, a a sequel, you are then consenting to become part three, four, five, six, 
Nine. What are we on Fast and Furious now? Ten? Uh, ten, uh, uh, eleven if you count Hobbs and Shaw. Twelve, Twelve if you if count, you count better, better, better tomorrow. luck tomorrow. Better luck tomorrow. You got 12 Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Um, the element of surprise is gone. Now, that's <laughs> not a problem for the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Because there's always a fun new way to throw a car off a cliff. Right. But in horror, very specifically horror films, I need to be plunged into the unknown. Because that's what's frightening. Barbarian, to me, sure. was frightening. Skinamarink was frightening to me. By the way, thank you to everyone who responded to our question about that one. Sharon, Lois, and Bram, we got it. Well, that was the, the 90s popular. That was the, that was that's why it's a thing with the kids these people, in the 90s. Yes. This okay. age group. Yes. But those, I, those films delivered that for me. Yes. The Scream movies deliver entertaining whodunit machines. And I am happy with that. Uh, but that's how they operate. Well, and they're meta-commentaries. And also. they're also commentaries that are not especially, you know, insightful. They're more like, I'm pointing out this thing to you because it's hanging right here, you know. <laughs> well, but I'd say even in that department, like if there's one area where I think this movie kind of lets down the side a bit, even though I enjoyed it and I enjoy all the screen movies... I think that five came up with something to say about the state of horror and the state of fandom. Okay. That was very specific to its moment that sort of justified, Oh, we're doing this again, but here's why. Yeah. This one didn't quite find, didn't quite, you know, have that, that hoop to jump through. Yeah. It, 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 it was just sort of more generically about some things that I want to give away, but it didn't, it didn't feel as like, zeitgeisty as five did yeah aka scream it's not fun it's not it's not frightening uh but it keeps you on your toes uh i like uh i like the leads yeah uh, all four i like all four of the leads yeah no they're all good especially jenna ortega and and uh why do Melissa i keep Barrera. why do i keep forgetting her name <laughs> um I wish they were not. I wish the sister's last name wasn't Carpenter because that's putting too fine a point. Well, on yeah, it. I mean that's a, that's a, there's a reason their last name is Carpenter. I, I yeah. know. Yeah. I just it, it, it's like come on, scream, do better. And you get to see people getting uh, stabbed to death in uh, creative, uh, gory, often very point of impact uh, yes. uh, ways, which including is, some distinguished character actors in this one. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I was entertained. Yes. Uh, I will forget all of it <laughs> by the time number seven rolls It's okay. Around. Seven will explain to you everything yeah. that ever happened in any of these movies. They have become Marvel movies for me where <laughs> I go to them and I'm like, this is fun. Well, there's a this lot of lore. Nice. There's a lot of lore if you want it. I've had a good time with the screams. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello, new ghost face. Goodbye, dead new ghost face. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are, these are entertaining pieces of entertainment. Shame on Paramount for not meeting Nev Campbell's quote. Is that what happened? That's what happened. <laughs> Whatever she wants, you should give it to her. Yes. Because your film is going to make a lot of money. Yes. Don't and be cheap. Don't be cheap with Nev Campbell. Yes. And then we saw Champions. We did. Which is a remake of a Spanish uh, film. Yes. Yes. Called 
Campeones. Yeah. Uh, and I think much in the way that often happens when a U.S. Uh, producer obtains the uh, remake rights to a foreign film, they also keep that foreign film out of distribution. Oh, is that what's happening right now? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a peek online while we talk about this. Didn't but I, Maria say it was on Netflix in Spain? In right Spain, now? yeah, because <laughs> it played in Spain. It's a Spanish movie, but I think in the U.S. Yeah. they kind of, you know, hid it under a bushel so that you know nobody would be able to compare the two. So it's from Bobby Farrelly, not the Farrelly who made Green Book. This is his brother. The brother, yeah. They're technically, often they are the Farrelly brothers. They mm-hmm. often direct together. But this is from Bobby Farrelly. stars Woody Harrelson, Caitlin Olson from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Ernie Hudson, Cheech Marin. It is exactly what it says it is in the trailer. It is a feel-good underdog basketball team comedy. Oh, I take it back. You can rent Campeones okay. on Apple TV. It's about a coach. He is on the skids, and he has been assigned community service, working with a basketball team of adults who have cognitive and developmental disabilities. We are told in the first 10 minutes that this coach is brilliant but terrible at working with people, so that we know that over the course of the film, he will learn yeah. how to work with people. Right. Uh, many, of the, uh, many of the players on the team have Down syndrome. All of the actors... Uh, uh, are disabled uh, actors. So he coaches them and they win and they go to the championship and then he uh, falls in love with Caitlin Olsen. She's the older sister of one of the team members. Uh, and it ends like you think it will or doesn't end like you think it will. Like they, If you want me to save you a spoiler on that, I will. Um I was actually uh, sort of pleased with the ending and the direction that it went. And in general, I'm pleased that this film exists, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone can tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Maybe I don't know enough to say uh, if this is a good example of what it should be or not. But, you know, there's such an infrequent uh, inclusion of actors with disabilities, yes. uh, physical disabilities, Developmental disabilities, cognitive disability. I'll spit that word out. This is, you know, historically. Yes. Uh, and often when they are included, it can feel uh, like exploitation. And people have accused the Farrelly brothers of that before, uh, but they consistently place actors with disabilities in their films. So this, I think, feels like a very personal thing from them. Yeah, uh, something that they want. They want that inclusion in their films. Um, they do so often under the under the banner of, you know, gross out, tasteless comedy, which I think is what makes people be like, "Hey, wait a second, you know, you shouldn't." But they're wise about you know, never making these characters the butt correct. of tasteless comedy. Correct. Like in there's something about Mary and you know me myself and Irene throughout their films. So in spite of the fact that that Woody Harrelson and Caitlin Olson, uh. uh you know, it's a story that is about him, and then of course her. Uh, it is an ensemble film, really, and the narrative is equally devoted to the team and their stories. Sure, what's going on with them? So it's very, you know, uh, you know it's very warm-hearted. 
it's very slowly paced. Like, wow, yeah. Really slowly paced. Um, and for my tastes, it is only sporadically funny. Yeah, that was my thing. Uh, you know, it, it is it is just over two hours, which it does not need to be. It, it like, you're waiting for a, a, what's the word? Not instigating incident. Um, a inside, inciting incident. An inciting incident. He doesn't meet the team for what seems like half an hour. <laughs> Like, can we just get to this part it so does the not, movie can It start does not now. take half an hour. It feels like half an hour. It, uh, it, does not, it was not half an hour, I grant you. Uh, Caitlin Olsen, I think, delivers most of the funny lines. She does. Also, a young woman uh, who's new to me, her name is Madison Tevlin. Yes. She's an actor with Down Syndrome. Uh, Killer deadpan. She's got great comic delivery, uh, and she wipes the floor with Woody Harrelson every time <laughs> she's in the scene with him, which I... Uh, you know, was delighted by. Yeah, no. I, 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 I can't say this is the kind of film that you know I would run right out to see, because in spite of the fact that generally a feel-good sports movie will make me feel good, as did this one, mm-hmm. it's not my first choice. You know. Um, and that's that's a that's a fault of the genre. Like I I if I know the if I know the rules of your genre, and nothing ever deviates from that. And I mean, name a sports movie besides basketball <laughs> that deviates from that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I think once the sports movie of it all kind of kicks in, yeah. I felt a little more responsive to it yeah it, it is slow it's not as funny as it should be i think uh, it, you know i think it, it's setting itself up to be funnier than it is and i think that i think part of why people responded to the way the Farrelly's included characters with de- developmental disabilities in their, or their earlier films was because the films themselves were so outrageous and they weren't treating those characters with kid gloves they just were not making them the the, the butt of the humor yeah I feel like this movie is, it's, it, it is almost tentative in its nobility. I think is what I'm trying to say here. Okay. Like they want to, they 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 still want to be on the right side of how do we tell this story? Right. How do we show these characters right. that it feels like they then second guess themselves out of humor and comedy that could have naturally emerged Maybe. from this setup. Maybe. Honestly, if I'm annoyed by anything here, I said this on KCRW, it's that Harrelson's character is such a jerk at the he beginning of the is. movie. And then he learns how to get better, which is why this you know uh, character exists. If the film had been less thoughtful, he would have been redeemed by his somehow magical contact with sure. the team. Um, they would have magically made him a better person, you know? Um, but here... But they don't do that. No. Here it just seems to, he just seems to become a better person because the film forgets that he was a, a jerk at the beginning. Yeah. Like it, it, <laughs> he makes decisions at the end that make no sense based on everything that we know about him. Yeah. And they leave out the middle bridging period that would have shown that right. development as a character. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who commits a DUI in the first 15 minutes of right. this movie. Yeah. And we're still supposed to be like, you know, rooting for him in a yeah. way. Um, you know, I, again, if anyone sees this film and they find something offensive in it, uh, that I missed, let us know because I, uh, 
it, it felt like a very uh, uh, a very kind-hearted film. It it and, absolutely means well. Yeah. I think that that that's definitely a thing that it has. And I, you know, uh, and it, it also doesn't treat the subject of you know disabled adults with anything resembling like frightened sort of you know caution. No, it is. It 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 it, it gives you these actors and these characters, uh, and says. Yes, here we are. And they, we live in the world with you. And they they sprinkle in the also we play basketball. They sprinkle in the occasional like neurotypical character who is put off by them for one reason or another right. to show how well Woody Harrelson is coming along as a human being. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um. In conclusion, it's fine. <laughs> As you said, I believe on the radio, if you think you want to see this movie, you want to see this movie. And if you don't think you want to see this movie, you don't want to see this movie. <laughs> Basically, yes. And that is the bunch of movies we saw this week. We saw three of them. We have we have time for one letter. Well, I'll read it then. Yes. We have a few that are circling the runway, so apologies if I haven't gotten to your letter yet, but... Uh... Waylon says, been listening since 2018, listen to your cocaine uh, bear episode. I would like to point out about warnings for spoilers. Did we give spoilers for cocaine bear? Did we? Uh, Actually, I did because I I remember saying that maybe some of y'all are concerned about the safety of the bear. (laughs) And I, and I did just say, here's what happens. Yes. Um, because in real life, the bear dies. Right. The, the story this is based on the bear dies in yeah. real life. Uh, anyway, okay. He said, is it possible to give 10 to 15 seconds of time after the decision, after the decision to discuss spoilers? Okay. Similar to how Red Letter Media does it in their videos. I don't know what Red Letter Media is. I know they're a thing on YouTube. I've never watched them. I noticed that in the Cocaine Bear episode, the spoiler discussion happened almost right after the decision to spoil happened. This did not give me enough time in my car to press the pause button and wait for my car to recognize the single the signal for button press before I heard the spoiler. Oh, okay. Uh, it's not a big issue since plot isn't the biggest part of Cocaine Bear, but I would appreciate <laughs> next time if you guys would give your listeners a little more time to react and pause before the spoiler talk starts. I would also appreciate if you guys specify something like skip 30 seconds ahead to know roughly how much I can skip of spoiler talk so I can keep listening to other parts of the podcast. You are right. Absolutely. Uh, and, and usually we, when we know we're going to Generally, do, I think we're pretty good about it. When we that. know we have a big spoiler happening, yeah. we'll, we'll stick it on the very end of the episode. It becomes a very subjective thing where we decide... Is this really a spoiler? Does it really matter if we say this thing about the film? And I guess in the moment for Cocaine Bear, we thought, nah, it doesn't eh. matter. Yeah. So apologies. Um, yeah, and, sorry. Uh, uh, you know. We hope you enjoyed Cocaine Bear anyway. Who was also one of the highlights of Oscar. Enjoy night. Cocaine Bear responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Wayland. Yes, we will be uh, more conscientious more in the future. More mindful. For sure. Uh, of that. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, please check out my other uh, podcasts, Breakfast All Day with Christy Lemire. We're on YouTube, but also uh, on the podcatchers. Uh, Maximum uh, Film on the Maximum Fun Network and Max Fun Drive is coming up very soon. 
Uh, we hope you'll be able to uh, hang out for that. And we've got some really fun programming coming up. And, of course, uh, Deck the Hallmark, where I pop in on Mondays. Lately, we are talking about 2022 Christmas movies that aired or streamed in places that were not Hallmark or Lifetime. And believe me, there are a lot of them. Um, you can uh, subscribe to this show for free at Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. We will read it on the air. You can also leave us positive feedback in the many places that we stream, including Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Amazon Music, CastBox, Podbean, um, iHeartRadio, you name it. Um, thank you, Blue, for our wonderful theme music. You can follow him at bleu.bandcamp.com. Follow us at Linoleum cast on social media and drop us a line at linoleumpodcast at gmail.com with any questions or comments. And um, yeah, next week we're very excited to have with us, um, assuming all goes as planned, uh, Kristen Lopez, author of the new book from TCM. Um, but have you read the book, 52 Literary Gems That Inspired Our Favorite Films? We'll be talking about her new book, uh, as well as some new movies that are opening, yep. and catching up on some that have been out for a while. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's going to be great. We hope you join us for that, too. In the meantime, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash linoleumknife. If you like this show, we offer other things like it, including uh, Linoleum, Linoleum Knife Presents More Linoleum Knife, where we spend 20 to 30 minutes talking about one single movie uh lktv a podcast of the television linoleum knife and fork a food podcast hosted by two film critics yep. and linoleum nights where we talk about anything and everything and uh do some all at once do some swearing thank you <laughs> and uh yeah not there's just, not just some swearing the best swears uh, yes the choicest uh, selections <laughs> and uh, you know, we, we have monthly club meetings, all kinds of fun things. So yeah, if you uh, like this, maybe you'll like more of it at patreon.com slash linoleum knife. Have a good week, everybody. We'll be back next time with more until then. Goodbye. <laughs>